100 people found me. I sold like 100 Twitter headers. And that's how I met a lot of people that I followed. It doesn't matter if it's $30 or whatever. It's not the point. It's not the money alone. There's a relationship. Man, I still was able to deliver on time and create those relationships that today I still have. Welcome to a new episode of Hype Fury Presents. In this episode, I talk to Jose Rosado. Jose makes his living thanks to his Twitter account, enabling him to have a comfy life in the Dominican Republic. He has business deals with Ed Lattimore and Zuby Music. And in this episode, you'll learn what mistakes to avoid when first monetizing your Twitter account. My name is Yannick, one of the co-founders here at Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Jose Rosado, to Hype Fury Presents. I see uh, you've been on Twitter since 2008, and I was wondering, did you understand the Twitter game back then? Yo, what's up, Yannick? Thank you for having me here, man. I love your your Hype Fury app, man. It changed my life. Thank you. Thank you. My Twitter account says that I've been since 2008, 2010, I don't know, but that's fake news, man. So I never used Twitter for anything else than watching the news, reading the news, and trolling from time to time, and talking with my friends as if it were a private chat. Because that's the thing. Twitter, is, some people use it as if it were private, <laughs> and they don't realize they, they're talking to the world, man. Yeah. So yeah, the account, I created it in 2010, but I never used it until 2018. Everything changed. And let me tell you something. It changed not only how I make money, but it changed my life. What I'm going to say is not hyperbolic, it's just what it is. The amount of connections, the amount of business, the number of friends I've made thanks to Twitter, it's I cannot count it, man. It's so much, so much. So I've benefited so much from Twitter that I cannot understand how someone watching, not only me, but other people succeed with their Twitter account, don't take it this into, into consideration and also start talking about the things that they love and talking talking about the things that they like and teaching people how to do what they do. Yeah. I cannot understand it now that I'm trying doing it. You know, when I started with Twitter, I never saw people selling stuff. I just saw people bullshitting, doing whatever. Yeah, I went to the toilet kind of remarks. Oh, yeah, man. I went to the toilet. Here's a picture of me, whatever. Sometimes a picture. But it's, it was like a diary when, when, I, when, when people started. And it's interesting. I never saw people doing business. And then I saw people doing business. And here we are. Here we in are. The, in the Hype Fury Presents. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people went through that because I, I registered my account back in 2009 and I I used it the same way you did, I guess. And and somehow along the way, something changed. So I'm, I'm wondering what, what changed with you? So you, you started really using it in 2018. Uh, did you start with Twitter or did you start with something else and then go to Twitter? How did that go? So let me give you my backstory. My name is Jose, Jose Rosado. My father made the mistake of naming me like he is named too. My, my father's name is Jose also. So any, You're junior. Yeah, Jose junior. So any trouble that I get into, he also gets into because he, he has the same name. And I always tell him like, man, you made a big mistake. <laughs> that said, my grandfather, his, his name is also Jose Rosal. So I'm like Jose Rosal the, th- the third, something Super, like super that. junior. I'm royalty, man. I'm ro- royalty. I, I'm royalty now. Jose Rosal the third. So my real name is Jose Ricardo Rosal. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. I started 
tinkering with the computers like since when I was 15 years old. My dad gave me a computer for my 15th birthday, but it was just an excuse to give a computer for the family because it was not my computer. It was the family's computer, but he gave it to me in my birthday. Man, that that now that I think about it as a parent, that's smart. <laughs> Yeah. That's smart. That's very smart. I didn't appreciate that. But still, I had the computer, so I'm thankful. So I started playing video games on the computer and learning. I remember having my first Encarta CD, the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, I remember watching the videos. I spent hours reading the freaking encyclopedia, the Encarta encyclopedia. Like literally hours just reading and going through the videos because it's, it, was, it was so novel. It was so new. I was able to click play and watch a like a, a summary of the whole universe. That to me was mind blowing. So I fell in love with computers. Then I went to the college, but I didn't study computer science nor none of those things. I went to the Ingeniería Industrial, Industrial Engineering, I believe it's the translation, yep. but I don't know if it's called like that in English because it has nothing to do with engineering. It's like a business degree with steroids, because you have more math and more physics. I spent two years studying in one of the best universities here with student loans, and I got bored. The teachers were like the worst teachers ever. I have many weird stories with teachers and how they behaved in front of the students, which I do not appreciate. Horrible, horrible, man. Then I said, I don't want this. This is too, too dumb. And I went to a different college to study graphic design. Little did I know that that also was a waste of time. Graphic design is not something I recommend anyone to study in the university. You can learn that online and no one, no one will ever ask you for a degree in graphic design. So I got into graphic design in, when I was 20 years old and I discovered web design, man. Web design changed my life. I've been a web designer for the last 13 years. Yeah, since I'm 33 right now. Even though my Twitter AVI tells a different story because it's a 10-year-old photo. So yeah, what you see in Twitter is not the real me. <laughs> it's a <laughs> 10 years, Jose from 10 years ago. So yeah, I started with web design. when The first time I saw how easy it was to add a, back then we called it hyperlink to a text, which is just click here and it sends you to a different web page, a different page, a different section of the website. That blew my mind. Technical terms, I learned how to use the anchor tag in HTML yeah. and add the, I don't know how to pronounce it in English, href, href, I don't know how to say it, href, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just adding the, the URL there. And <laughs> when I saw that, I said, this is too easy. And I started learning HTML and CSS. And then I went to JavaScript and I say, fuck this shit, man, it's too hard. I didn't want to learn how to code. So I, I kept Polishing my web design skills. After a while, I decided to learn PHP. PHP, Hypertext Process, I believe is the acronym. So it's a weird name. So yeah, I learned a little bit of PHP. I started learning different, you know, they, they have like frameworks, Cake PHP and other stuff. Laravel, after a while, yeah. after it came. Framework. And, and it came something like really, really big. And then I just started Twitter, man. All in the time span of from 2010 to 2018, I was just a web designer working nine to five jobs. I got fired like a dog in 2015. That gave me the courage to start like freelancing, like real time freelancing, because I usually waited for 
the projects to come into my life. I didn't look for clients. They just appeared because I'm very good at what I do, man. If you, you, the listener, if you take anything from this interview, you don't have to be the best at everything. But if you add a little bit of responsibility to your line of work and you start charging a little bit more money every day, man, success is like right around the corner. That said, web design was the, what opened the path for me to succeed on Twitter. So I saw these people selling stuff on Twitter, making money on Twitter, selling their courses, selling their ideas, selling ebooks, selling their time, mentoring, selling a one hour, let's call it consultation for $500 or $200 or $1,000. I've seen people charging $1,000 on Twitter for one hour of consultation. Yeah. I'm not that person, by the way, <laughs> not yet. So I saw these people making money with Twitter and I said to myself, in, some, in the summer of 2018, I want that. I want to earn in dollars so I can turn the dollars in Dominican pesos and one dollar is 50 pesos. So for every dollar that I make, I make 50 pesos. 50 pesos is not a lot of money. But when you turn $1,000 into, into, into pesos, that's 50,000 pesos. That, my friend, was how much money I needed to pay for my mortgage. So I only needed $1,000 a month, an extra $1,000 a month, because I live in a good place in, in DR. And I don't want to live anywhere else because it's very comfortable. So I said to myself, I need this. I want to make an extra income. I actually went to Twitter to make money. It was not to create a, a, an audience. If that happened, happened, I went to make money with my skills. And I knew I had the skills. I only had to find a way to sell those skills on Twitter. Okay? Of course, if you want to make money and you want to multiply that money, you need to be skillful. And you need to deliver on time. And you need to deliver on the budget. And you need to be responsible. If not, people will just erase you and block you. And they will talk badly about you. Because a bad client is the worst client Especially if they go online and tell their audience, like, this guy stole my money. You don't want that. You want to be responsible and always deliver on time. That said, the sole purpose of starting my Twitter account was to make money. And I made money. And it's funny. I bought a guide from a guy named Sean. Sean has a guide about making money with Twitter and growing your Twitter account. I read it. And that guide inspired me to... Just say to myself, Jose, it's time. It's time to make money. So on October 15th of 2018, I believe, I decided that I was going to make money. On October 30th, I posted my first offer. And the offer was the dumbest ever. Anyone, anyone can do what I'm going to tell you now. I will tell you what I did. Then I decided that I wanted to make money without investing my time. I wanted to build something, write something, record something, and sell it multiple times. I wanted to create my first ebook, and I did. I wrote everything in Spanish, by the way. Everything was written in Spanish, and then I translated every single paragraph, every single word into English using Google Translate. You, the listener, you're listening right now, and you hear me, and, oh, this guy has a good accent, a good English accent, even though he was not born in a country where English is the first language. You see me, you hear me talking with fluency. I'm fluent enough, but this wasn't the case two years ago, almost three years ago. 
And so you also weren't sure if the translation was correct. You just used Google Translate and just hoped that it was good oh, enough? Oh, no, I didn't hope. I never rely on hope. <laughs> okay. I've known English like since I was a kid, but I never talked in English and I never wrote in English. I only heard stuff in English. And writing and speaking the language is not the same as understanding the language. You, I can hear you have an accent, so I believe English is not their first language. I believe. Yep. You can correct me if, if I'm wrong. Is it easier for you to understand the language or is it easier for you to write it and speak it? That's a good question. Uh, probably speak it. Man, you're, 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 you're one of the few. Speaking yep. the English when you've never spoken, it, it's like mind-boggling hard. It's horrible. So then I put the thing on pre-sale and I was in vacation, in a vacation in Panama. So I made my first sale of my first information product literally when I was in a vacation. Wow. That changed the whole approach on how to make money online. I bet. And this was October 2018? No, this is on December, December 2018. And how many, how many followers did you have? Well, let me end the story so I, so, so I can like close that loop. October 30th, I started selling my services, a dumb service. I will design your Twitter header for $30. A hundred people found me. I sold like a hundred Twitter headers. The Twitter header is just a funny thing, the funny design that you have in the, in the uppermost part of your, your Twitter account. And that's how I met a lot of people that I followed. I designed the Twitter header, made a lot of money with that. And I recommend people, if you, if you are a web designer or the graphic designer, start selling those Twitter headers. It doesn't matter if it's $30 or whatever. It's not the point. It's not the money alone. There's a relationship. Now that I can reach to my past and see how everything unfolded, even though I was doing the things for the money back then, man, I still was able to deliver on time and create those relationships that today I still have. And then these people started buying more stuff from me, web design, my web design service. Then they became basically full-time retainers, paying me two or $3,000 a month to work some stuff for them, all on Twitter. And then in December, I decided I don't want to do that as often, and I started selling eBooks. And I make money on December 2018 without investing my time. I had 4,000 followers in, the, in December, and I made like two or $3,000 with that first eBook. The ebook is called Unfuck Your Learning. It's a book about learning faster, which is not the most engaging and more attractive and more desired topic you could ever talk about. And still, people found value in that topic. That is one of my pet peeves. I love learning. I love reading. I love dissecting things and trying to understand how things work. So I wrote about that and my process and how I learn and how I stick to my habits and how I create my own habits all in one book and I made money with that which that boring topic which is a boring topic and of course I tried to made, make the writing entertaining but it's still a boring topic man it's a book about learning learning how to learn so you don't need an engaging let's say book title or an, an engaging idea or an original idea if you find a painful problem in this case, I found a problem people had that they were struggling to learn new stuff. And you create an offer around that problem that solves that problem and helps the, the reader or the user or the client solve that problem. You found the formula. And you just need to repeat that formula until you die. And that's the whole process of making money 
online as offline. You find a problem, you create an offer to solve that problem, and you provide and you promote that offer. And you stick to it until you get your, your money and you get your clients and you get the recognition that you crave. It's not hard. It's not easy. It's simple. The process is never changing. This will never change because human nature, man, it has not changed in the last 100,000 years, maybe 10,000 years, just to, make, to bring it a little bit more to, 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 to us. Human nature is the same. We all have the same needs. Now, what varies is how much we need that. But we all need to eat. We all need protection. We all want to build solid relationships. We all want to create a family, maybe. Not everyone wants a family, but everyone wants to have loved ones around them, good relationships. Everyone wants to be informed and not feel dumb. So once you understand that human psychology is basically everything, selling and making money online and offline would just become second nature to you. Now, of course, you will have different strategies and different tactics for you to, to make that income. But the first thing is understanding the human mind. Interesting. Hey, and so I think what a lot of people are struggling with is how do I start? So I hear you saying, you know, I just I just said, hey, I'll design your Twitter header for $30. I guess you could also say that's for a lot of people, that's an offer they can't refuse. You know, it's not a lot of money. It's not dirt cheap either, but it's something a lot of people want. It's easy to sell on Twitter. And then the interesting thing you actually said is, you know, once they bought the header, then they started buying other things. Elaborate a bit on that, because that's an interesting angle. Huh? What I see is you're creating fans and you're not only just selling one thing, but you're also you're creating a relationship. And from that relationship, you know, other things start to yeah, grow. In my mind, everything is a funnel. And the goal of the funnel is to get the sale, is to get at least when you're talking about money. If you want to get a, a girlfriend, you have the, the, a funnel to get a girlfriend. The end point is to get the girlfriend, but you have to take her out. That's one step of the funnel. You have to go to the movies. That's another step. You need to call her. You need to, you know, talk good things about yourself and talk good things about her. And you, you know, you get into her, into her mind and you, in a good way, of course, you're not, it's not about doing bad things. And then the, the end of the funnel is get the girlfriend with money, with relationships, with health is the same thing. I will, I will talk about funnels in regards to money, okay? So Twitter is the starting point of my funnel. Once I get the attention, I get people to become interested in my stuff. And then they get more interested and more interested. And then they purchase. And after they purchase, which that's the end point of that funnel, another funnel starts. The upsell. This is where I sell something to someone who already purchased something from me previously. So I sold the Twitter header for $30, man. After I delivered the Twitter header, I always pitch my web design service to these people. And not everyone, but most of them said yes. So I turned that $30 into $500, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 just from a couple of Twitter headers that I sold. Why is that? Why does this work? There's a rule in, 
in sales. And this will never change. And the rule is that it's harder to get the client than to sell to your current clients. It's way harder to convince someone that you have the best interest for them. But once they understand that and they see the quality of your work, it's just so much easier to tell them, hey, I have this for you. Pay me this much and I'll deliver this in a week or two or a month. Okay? Yes. Sign here. Send me the money through PayPal or through Stripe or through wherever. So everything is a funnel. Let me give you an example of a Twitter funnel. Hey, guys, I will design a Twitter header for $30 for the next 10 people. DM me or click here or whatever, and I'll design this for you. I'll deliver in seven days. That's the first part. Then people click. Then they read the sales page if I have a sales page. Then they click the pay button. Then they pay. Then I get the first contact. I contact them. What do you need? What do you, whatever. I send them to a form, for example. Fill this up. Send me this information. And you'll have your Twitter header in a week. During the week, I send them like, hey, everything's going okay. That's also part of the funnel. It's just a follow-up email. And then five days pass and I deliver the Twitter header. I promise seven days, but I deliver in five because that's part of the <laughs> that's part of the deal to make people feel good about your services. That's the that's basically the end point of the funnel, unless they want some changes. Then a different funnel starts, the upsell funnel. Hey, now that you see that did you like my work? Yes. Okay. Would you like to hop into a call to talk about a different project that I have for you? It's about creating a website. And I would like to ask you some questions to see if, if we can work together on this website. And then starts the other funnel. I pitch the website, I get paid, I create the website, whatever. Love the website? Great. Here, I have a different service for you. I can create your email marketing campaign. Would you like that? He already or she already likes my services. They already understand that I'm a professional, that I know how to do stuff. So it's easier to sell to someone who already has purchased something from you, especially if they like that something. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into other assets a little bit later. But what I'm also interested in, so you sold the headers to your followers already. Did you also see after the fact, after you sold those and got them happy with their new headers, that they started engaging with you more on Twitter? I don't have an answer for that. I do see some people following me that have been following me since 2018. But they are like the tiny minority that I've noticed. Because there's a point in which you just start getting a lot of followers and you, you don't have time to reply to every DM or to every tweet or to every questions that they ask. Man, I get, I don't know how many notifications today, 500 notifications every day. And that's not even counting the, the, the retweets, the DMs. You should see my DMs on Twitter. It's horrible, man. Twitter needs a better DM system. But yeah, I don't have an answer to your question because okay. I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. And so I want to go back again a little bit too. So you start learning how to design. Then what triggered you to go to Twitter and say, hey, I'm going to set up shop here. Why not go on Facebook or LinkedIn or I don't know what was, what was it back then, but why Twitter? Pure serendipity, man. Pure serendipity. It just happened. But here's how it happened. I got into Twitter because I was seeing this political stuff happening in the United States and it caught my attention because it was 
quite frankly, back then, very entertaining. It was novel, it was weird. So I wanted to see what's happening. And I, I followed some, some political people. And these political people started asking their followers to follow other people. That's when I met at Lattimore, which is like a, an OG on, on this, let's call it this side of Twitter. We usually call it money Twitter, but there is no such thing of us as money Twitter. But let's call it like that as a placeholder. So I discovered money Twitter because I discovered at Lattimore and I discovered fitness trainer named Alexander Cortez. And then they started promoting other people. There's this guy called Chris Johnson. There's this boy called Nate Smish. That's his name. And I remember watching these people talking about stuff that I had never seen before. Copywriting, making money online in a way that I had never seen before. And I wanted that for me. And that's how, that's how I, I got into this, let's call it this side of Twitter, which is just, there is no this side of Twitter, but just let's just call it like that <laughs> for lack of a better name. Yeah. And so, okay, you, you started selling the, um, the headers, the website design, but you probably weren't just tweeting about buy my stuff. I'm going to design this and that for you. How did you start, you know, getting a feel of what would stick and what didn't stick on Twitter? People love self-development. This is what people call platitudes. You must do it. It's now. It's now the time. This is the moment. You are precious. You are powerful. That, that kind of stuff. I didn't tweet it like that, but I gave it my twist. So I started posting some motivational ideas as a way to motivate myself. It was not for people, for, for other people. It was for myself. So I started tweeting about the things that I liked which is something I've noticed some people don't do. They just start tweeting about things that they believe will make them money or will help them grow their account. I never had like a goal of growing my account to 41,000 followers right now to the, uh, the moment of this recording. I never thought about this. I want to reach 20,000 followers. I want to reach 1,000. The only time I actually like paid attention to my growth, it was when I was like in 1,000 or 2,000. I wanted to reach like 5,000. After I reached the 5,000 followers, that's when I said like, nah, I don't want to spend time on, on, on thinking about follower count. So I just kept tweeting the things that I liked, the motivational post for myself, and let's call it like this, providing value, teaching people how to do what I do. I started talking about how to learn faster. I started talking about web design. I started talking about other stuff that I know. And they saw that I knew how to do stuff. And then they subscribe to my email list because that's something else I do. I tell people to subscribe to my email list. And I started selling stuff. And I started to provide value through my email list. And then they saw that I truly knew what I was talking about. So when people know that and they understand that you know what you're talking about and they start seeing you as an authority. And once they see you as an authority, they will trust what you say. And once you get that trust, you can close the deal. You can close the sale. How do you get uh, inspiration for your tweets? Uh, because on the one side... <laughs> Since I've been writing so many tweets, I just go... You, you guys have a really good feature. The, I just call it la, the, the steal for myself feature. What's the name that you have? It's like... The, the inspiration. inspiration. Yeah, inspiration. Yeah, I just call it the steal for myself. So I steal a lot for myself. I see the tweets that get a lot of engagement and I write about that idea. It doesn't have to be the same 
like copy paste. I'm not talking about that. It's the idea. There is no issue with talking about the same idea using different words. Why is that? Because the lifespan of a tweet is like 20 minutes, something like that, 10 to 20 minutes. After that, if it doesn't go viral, it's dead. I don't really recall the last time I've seen someone retweeting something that I tweeted in 2018. I just don't remember someone doing that. Now in 2020, of course. So I just find the things that I like. I find the things that the tweets that have the most engagement. I see that people like those ideas. And since I already like those ideas, I just rephrase the tweet and I expand upon that information. So it's not about tweeting the same thing over and over again. It's about tweeting the same concepts over and over again in different ways to keep people engaged and interested in your content. What, what would you say to people who are a little bit scared of tweeting? Stop being a... <laughs> uh, how would they find ideas to write about? Look, I started writing my tweets in Spanish, man. And this topic is close to my heart. And it makes me really mad when people tell me, I don't know what to tweet about. I tweeted stuff that I had to translate from Spanish to English. I wrote every single thing in Spanish and then I translated it with freaking Google Translate into English. You have no freaking excuse for coming up with ideas or whatever. Your mind is the most powerful computer in the world. Of course, not the most powerful computer for computing stuff, but for creation and for imagination. And if you think that uh, writing stuff is hard, man, have you ever ran out of words? When someone asks you a question, how easy it is for you to answer a question or to talk about the, your ideas? So why do you think it's harder for you to write? Mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't know how to do that, just talk to yourself out loud and then write that thing down on your tweets. If it doesn't fit the 280 character count, make just find a way to make it fit or create a thread. So you don't have to, to just type it out. You can speak it out and then transcribe that there are many transcription services there's one i use i call it's called otter.ai a-t-t-e-r.ai you can just dictate and it will turn all that speech into text great way to write tweets and write books that's what i do right now to write my books man i, I stop i stop typing because my hand hurts too much <laughs> from typing i just uh, um, practice my english by doing the speech to texting And I also make money with that because I sell I sell the products that I create with that. Nice, nice. Hey, so with with forty followers, you get you know a lot of feedback, direct or indirect, with with engagement. When a tweet is doing well, huh? you post something, and then you immediately you know something happens. What would you say to people who have like 300 followers, and you know their top tweet would have like maybe three likes or one retweet? Uh, I, I can imagine that a lot of those people think man, it's hard for me. How can I grow my account? I don't get any engagement. How can they keep motivating themselves? To everyone who is doing that, you are approaching this in a bad way. You're approaching your life through the filter of having goals. The goal is to have engagement. Okay, that's your goal. Your goal is to get the retweets and your goal is to get likes. That's the wrong approach. That will make you resentful with time because you you cannot control that you cannot control uh, how many people will like your tweets or how many people will, will retweet your stuff 
You just don't have that power. You're not almighty. You're not all-knowing. So you are approaching Twitter in the wrong way. You're approaching it with a goals view of the world, of goals filter of the world. This is something that changed my life, and, and it's how I approach my life. I read a book called How to, how to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big from Scott Adams, and he talks about systems. And system is just all the habits, all the steps, all the routines, all the things that you do daily to accomplish something. Now, of course, you can have goals and systems. Of course, that's okay. But in my case, I do not have goals per se. I do have a vision. I want to retire at, at 40 years old. That's, let's call it my goal. But I just don't see it like that. That's just a, like a, a directional vision. That's how I see it. It's a vision that I have. It's a direction that I have. And I have a system that I believe will take me there. And I focus more on the system than on the vision or the goal or however you want to call it. Because I understand it's a little bit hard to differentiate between a vision and a goal. It's very hard. To me, it's still hard to express this idea without <laughs> twisting my tongue into a pretzel. So you want to see this through the systems mindset. The system is what you're going to do every day to grow your Twitter account. And you don't even need to do it to grow your Twitter account. Just do it because you like it. If you do not enjoy the process of trying to grow your Twitter account, you will fail. So here's my advice. Develop the system. The system is, I'm going to tweet every day. 5, 10, 20 tweets. I'm going to reply in a human way to other people with bigger accounts than me. Because I want to build a relationship with them. You do it in a humanely way. You're not going to rephrase those, those tweets. If you're going to reply, reply like a normal, normal human being because people notice when you're just doing things for engagement. Okay? You're also going, here's another part of the system. Every new follower that you get, send them a voice note or send them a, a, a thank you text from following you. That's part of the system. So we have three parts of the system. Write the tweets every day, 5, 10, 20 tweets, whatever you feel comfortable with. I suggest you start with a low count and then you start adding more tweets with time. That's what I did, actually. Reply to people with bigger accounts in a human way, not like a robot copy-paste paraphrase way. DM people that follow you. That's part of the system. Also, send DMs to people that you want to meet. If you want to hop into a call with them, instead of saying, hey, I want to have a call with you, tell them that you want to invite them to your podcast. And open a podcast and record that thing and upload it to your podcast. <laughs> and then you have an excuse to hop into a call with this person. And that person will also see the value because they will be able to be and appear in a podcast. And believe me, creators want to appear in the podcast. They want to visit podcasts. They want to talk about their ideas in, in the podcast because that expands their reach. Okay. So this is, this is actually my own system. You can develop your own, something that you find pleasure in it. If you find it painful, you'll quit. Your system must be in accordance with your own feelings and how you feel with it when you put it into practice. That's the only thing that you need to do to grow your Twitter account. And of course, you provide value. 
provide value, it's, it's a weird concept. You provide value in three forms. Entertaining, educating, I'm more in the education, and inspiring. In my case, I'm in the last two. Entertainment, and digo, education and inspiration. Some people make a lot of money just entertaining. I'm not an entertainer. I don't like it. I don't like appearing in, in cameras and stuff like that, but I do. So that's how you provide value. You entertain, you educate, and you inspire. How do you educate? Well, you teach people how to do what you do. How do you inspire? You talk about your own success, and you talk about the success of people who have purchased your stuff. And how do you, you entertain? Well, you have, man, you, you could just grab a, a, a guitar and start singing to the camera if you want to. So it's not hard. It's not complicated. It's simple. But you need to do the work, and you need to do it every day. Every day. This is non-negotiable. Any social media account that you want to grow, you need to put in the work every single day without an excuse. And the great thing is that you have you have hype fury. You can schedule those tweets so you can focus on other stuff while the while the app posts your tweets. So you don't have to spend all day writing the tweets and then uh, log in, log off, open the, the Chrome tab, type in the tweets. Screw that. I'm going to promote your, your stuff here, man. I, I do not make money with hype fury. But I'm still going to promote it right now. Get a, a copy of, not a copy, a subscription of Hype Fury. And you will save a lot of time. You will save a lot of time. And here's, here's how I do it. I write 10 tweets every day. Sometimes I write 20. But here's the thing. I, right now, I'm only posting, I'm only scheduling five tweets per day. So the great thing is when I write 10 tweets, that's two days worth of tweets. So every day, I'm writing two days' worth of tweets. So the great thing is that, that those tweets start to add up once you have them scheduled. And without noticing, you will have a month, a month worth of scheduled tweets. Right now, I have not written a tweet in the last, I believe, two or three weeks. And I still have tweets scheduled till Sunday, till next Sunday, I believe. Even though I have not written a tweet in the last two or three weeks. Because I implemented this system. Write 10 tweets a day, schedule five. So I'm actually scheduling two days. Simple system, man. You just need to find a way to make it easier on yourself. That aside, then you send, Yannick, send me the check. Send me the check for promoting Hype Fury. I'll receive it. I, I accept I accept in Dominican pesos, dollars, and what's, what's the in your country? Euros. Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice, cool. And so you talked about stuff that worked for you. You know, that's commenting in a human way on a better accounts. What are what is stuff that you've tried that just didn't work, that fell flat, and you you know you advise people not to do? Man, I've never failed to be honest on Twitter. I've never failed on Twitter because I just tweet about the things that I like, and I rarely, rarely talk about the things that I don't know. And the times that I write shit about that I don't feel comfortable with, I just delete it. That could be the failure, deleting the tweet, but I just stick to my lane. And of course, my lane is wide and it keeps getting wider because I keep learning stuff. But if you tweet about the things that you like and that you love and that you actually know how to do, you will not fail. Look, here's how I see Twitter. Twitter for me is a business. Twitter is not for me to tell my opinions about current situations. I don't need to do that. 
If you want to learn what's happening in the world, you have 100 million others talking about it. If you want to get inspired and you want to educate yourself in regards to making an income online and web design or whatever, follow me. And I will not go away from those topics. Of course, I sometimes sprinkle it with with a little bit of trolling and asking for sources. Uh, That's something I do from time to time. I go into different people's accounts that I like and I just call them like, hey, what's the source for that? That's a a thing that people don't like on Twitter. If you ask for a source, like tell me where you found that, they'll they'll, they'll hate you for that. So I do that from time to time. Mm -hmm. I also reply back to some of my Twitter friends with, with irony and stuff like that. But that's that's something I rarely do because for me, Twitter is a business, man, a business to find better relationships, create uh, friends, of course. But with my friends, I chat outside of Twitter. I only troll with them on Twitter. But if I want to have a real conversation, I just call them. What do you think of controversy on uh, on Twitter? If I look at your timeline, you you know you have controversial tweets, huh? Oh, it's not controversial. Is it not it's, controversial? It feels like that. It feels like that, but it's not controversial. So let me tell you controversial topics. LGBTQ issues, that's a controversial topic. Transgender issues, that's a, a controversial topic. Talking about religion, that usually translates into controversy too. Talking about depression, it's a controversial topic too. I rarely talk about depression. I rarely. Sometimes I do. Talking about anxiety and pills and stuff like that is controversial. Saying that Harvard is stealing your money, that's not that controversial. I tweeted something the other day in which I compared $50,000 online course in Harvard with a $20 ebook on Twitter. Yeah, that can, that can be controversial, but that's me trolling a little bit. But it, it works. Also. It's, it's something, you know, people agree with it. They get an emotional uh, emotional response. It works, but I, it's not that controversial. You, you, controversial topics usually get not a lot of retweets. They get a lot of replies. So I avoid the controversial topics because I just don't like that energy in my life. In real life, outside of Twitter... I do not have any kind of controversy because I avoid that energy. So why am I going to try to find that energy on Twitter? I will not. Of course, I will tell, I, I will use hyperbole, like for example, comparing a Twitter course with Harvard. <laughs> but as you can see, it's not something that people will find a lot of offense on that. So usually the controversial tweets are offensive to a lot of people. And even though I don't care about offending people, I don't do it with the craving to offend you. If I offend you, I will not do it on purpose. I will not do it on purpose. But those controversial tweets are usually on purpose, and I avoid them completely. So well, let's let's move away from the, like the controversial topics. But I guess there are different kinds of tweets that work, you know? Yeah, they work. If um, let me tell you some of those. Do you want to learn one of those? Some some of those tweets. What works? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so talking to specific audiences, for example, telling people like, "Hey, if you have, if you are twenty year old, do this, this, and that." Those tweets usually get a lot of engagement. It's funny how much of engagement it gets, and my perception is that young cats are hungry, are hungry for for that kind of content in their life. Because specifically men, young males, 
because no one cares about <laughs> about young men. That's that's the unfortunate reality. So when they see someone talking to them, specifically calling them out and telling them, "Hey, do this, this, and that," they find inspiration on it. They find inspiration on it. Things that get a lot of engagement also listicles. People love listicles. You can go to BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed was built around listicles, even though I don't go to that news site. But it's very famous outside of, in, in the normie world, let's call it like that. And they made their money with listicles. Twitter, I tweeted something that it's very simple. Keys to wealth. People love money. So and ju I just said the keys to wealth. One, patience. Two, hard work. Three, great guidance. Four, repeating what works. Five, focusing on profitable activities. Uh, six, avoiding getting into stupid debt. That word stupid, the purpose of that word is to get people emotional, of course. So a great way to write those discicles in your tweets is to end with a punchline by using uh, one of those words that elicit different emotions. Stupid is one of those words. Dumb is one of the words. Fat is also one of the words. I avoid using fat because then people call me fat shamer. But from time to time, I call people fat online. <laughs> I don't suggest you do it if you're not willing to get mobbed by Twitter. By Twitter. Also using weird words like brainwash. So you just write a random tweet and add those words that elicit feelings, that elicit a, a, a reaction from people. And you use that as, as the, as the punchline. So write the tweet and end the tweet with the punchline. The punchline should be the most engaging thing. So for example, here's a tweet. People are insecure as hell. That's something that most people will agree upon. Most people have their insecurities. I have a lot of insecurities, man, like a lot. And then I proceed in the same tweet, like offer them a path to fix that insecurity and then i go to the punchline you will never be broke again so what what am i trying to say with this tweet if you find a way to fix people's insecurity and you get paid for that you will never be broke again broke is the trigger word is the punchline no one likes to be broke and most people understand what broke being broke feels like And it's not a good feeling. <laughs> so the, those trigger words are the ones that that elicit the response from people. Also, you can go a little bit to the realm of absolutes, talking about things as if they were either yes or no. Like everyone is broke because the news media wants to keep you broke. That's a tweet. That's, hyperbo that's hyperbolic. That is not based in fact. You cannot find a fact that will... Prove that. You will not find a fact. that. But if you say like that, everyone is broke because of news media and the elites <laughs> and the Illuminati and the rich people once you broke, that will get a reaction. It's not true per se. Some people believe it's true, which is why they get called conspiracy theorists. <laughs> But that aside, uh, if you go to the realm of absolute, you can do it. But just be sure to not say dumb things because when you say everyone people some people take that uh, uh, like you're being truthful like that's what you believe if you say every latino is x y or c twitter will not like you <laughs> 
especially if you're not a Latino, you know? So I could say that because I'm, I'm Latino and I have that privilege. <laughs> so you also need to understand the privilege that you have depending from where you come from. So you need, this is the game, man. This is the game. If you don't want to play it, that's okay. But the rules has, have been set. You do not talk about polarizing topics unless you want to get mobbed and, and you want to get harassed online, which is a weird concept because you can just turn off the computer. But sometimes that translates into the real world. So be mindful about the things that you tweet. Don't just tweet or elicit a reaction from people. If you're building a business with Twitter, you want to keep your business, your Twitter account. You don't want to get banned. You don't want to be, let's call it, harassed by the mob. You don't want to get canceled. I'm the type of person that I do not like that kind of heat. So I avoid talking about dumb stuff or telling my opinions about things that I don't even understand too well. People just think that given their opinions about the things that's, about things that's happening, it's enough. No, man. If you do not understand the thing, shut your mouth and keep tweeting about the things that you like. I don't tweet about the things that I don't understand, even though I might have some opinions. But this is not why I'm here for. If you want controversy and that kind of stuff, follow someone else. Hey, hey, let's say uh, you start a new Twitter account today. You don't have your current account. Start a new one today. You want to get as many followers and you want to make as much money as possible. What will you do? What I did, I would start selling the, my skills, web design, graphic design. I wouldn't change nothing. I would just change. The only thing I would change from how I started is I would have started to sell sooner. That's what I've, I would do. Sell. And I'm not talking about selling an information product. I'm talking about selling your skills because it feels different. When you're selling your skill, people don't see that as a money grab because you're selling your time and your expertise. When you're selling an ebook from the get-go, people will say, oh, this guy's only for the, in for the money. It's something that people perceive. And it's something that I also perceive when I see uh, new guys trying to sell from, from the get-go. Like, here's my ebook, how to grow your Twitter account. I only have 1,000 followers and I'm already selling an ebook about growing my account. That's, that doesn't compute in my, in my mind. It's, it's not a good strategy. So, and you will see that they get stuck in 1,000 followers and then eight months later, they have 2,000 followers. Because they just are in for the money. Okay, You're, I started. I started for the money, but I didn't sell stuff that seemed like I was in for the money. When you sell your services, it doesn't feel like that. Of course, this is my advice and, and this is my opinion. You can do whatever the hell you want with your accounts. So get started with that. Sell your services. Provide the value in the form of entertainment, in the form of education, in the form of of inspiration. Education, teach what you do. Inspiration, showcase what you achieved and what other people have achieved with your services and with the stuff that you sell. Jose Rosado, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Yannick. I appreciate your time. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Hyperior Presents because next week we'll talk to Jack Butcher from Visualize Value. You'll find out exactly how to create visually appealing tweets and how to find your own voice. 
Also, don't forget to leave an iTunes review. We're a new podcast and we need them. We need them. So you do me a great favor if you left a review for our show. 